This is the Moshpit Backstage Podcast for punk, metal and rock interviews and segments. Josh from Behind Crimson Eyes, and you're listening to the Mosh Pit on Sin. Josh Stewart is a vocalist for Behind Crimson Eyes, who recently recently I'll start that again. That's a bit of a tongue twister. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Stewart is a vocalist for Behind Crimson Eyes, who recently released a new single, "Say Bad Things," and are donating 25% of the proceeds of it to charities who support victims and survivors of of abuse. Josh, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, hey Ben, thanks for having me. You're very, very welcome. Now, before we get right into single, you guys, um, I think you last made some new music about eight years ago or so? Yeah, uh, it, that was our last full-length release, was about that long ago. So, um, in between, we put little bits and pieces out, but nothing serious. Yeah, so when did you decide, like, alright, we're going to release a couple of singles? Because before this, a few months ago, you also released Stardust. Yeah, so um, we played with Alexis on Fire last year in January. Um, and in that time, we um, didn't have a full-time guitarist, so we called up our friend Liam Hennessy from Brisbane, and um, he came along for the tour with us. And the tour went really well, and we decided that, you know, perhaps that we should start writing again or, you know, dabble in maybe potentially writing again. And Liam was really keen for that. He was sort of the catalyst to kick all that writing uh, off. So he was, and I guess it comes with being new in the band, just having a new perspective and a new enthusiasm. Um, so when we started writing some things, um, we decided that we didn't want to try and recapture the past glory of Behind Crimson Eyes. We didn't want to just go back to trying to write a full-length album trying to tour Australia a dozen times again. We had to come back with some kind of purpose other than just writing music. So we put together a bit of a mission statement of what everybody wanted to achieve if we did, in fact, put some time and energy and effort into writing and recording again. Um, And we consolidated on the idea that we wanted to inspire people to make a positive impact. And from that, um, that sort of informed all the writing process and what the subject matter was and also, as you mentioned in the intro, um, about doing something positive with that and donating to charity or raising awareness for other things. Mm. Um, so it was a bit of a, uh, a different approach than we've normally done things in the past, which was cool. We'll talk a little bit specifically about uh, Say Bad Things in a second, but like with Stardust, with Say Bad Things, how did you kind of figure out, like, all right, these are these the causes that we're really passionate about and something that we want to contribute about. How did you go about choosing those causes? Yeah, um, so it just, in, in terms of the, the charities, it, it was pretty easy um, to find what causes we wanted to promote once the song had been written. And the, the first song was Stardust, and it was written about cherishing the life that we have right now and, you know, value, valuing the moment that we have, rather than you know a potential afterlife that may or may not exist, and uh, since that was you know um, on that topic, we decided that 
um, something like dementia um, plays a big part in, you know, if you can't remember anything or if you lose all your memories of your whole life, then, then what life is there? And also uh, cancer, uh, we decided to donate to the Cancer Council. And again, cancer is something that affects a lot of people and it actually affected um, one of the band members while we were recording. He lost his father to cancer. So the causes um, sort of came about in a you know very easy way because of the topic that we were discussing. Um, and the personal um, the personal impact that those have had on our lives. Okay, let's let's move on to say bad things. Like in terms of just musically, how do you guys approach this one? Were you sort of writing different songs? Were you focusing on a specific song? Like how sure. did it all work? Yeah. So what we did originally was just basically write a bunch of um, intro, verse, and chorus. And we didn't try and create whole songs initially. We just wrote a bunch of the primary, you know, components of a song. And out of, I, I think, maybe 15 or so, we picked a couple that we really liked. And um, I would go down and put some vocal ideas, some melody ideas over all of them. And then, yeah, we, we came up with uh, the couple that really stuck out to us and, and really felt like it was a good blend of old, heavy, melodic behind Crimson Eyes and something that had a bit of a new twist to it as well. Um, so again, it was just about putting a lot down and then uh, from that a few gems just pop out so you, you focus on those. And, and what about the cause for the song, um, supporting sure. victims of abuse? Where, where, what stage did that come in and, and why did you feel it's important to sort of do your thing for that particular um, part of society? Yeah. Yeah, so the, the song as a whole was, um, I guess the catalyst for the song was provided by a documentary called The, the Keepers, which is on Netflix. And in that documentary, the, um, the whole premise was a nun was murdered, and um, but surrounding all that, there was um, a whole sexual abuse scandal that was happening within this Catholic uh, all-girls school. And so that, that just sort of triggered something in me that had been there for, for quite a while. Like, um, sexual abuse is not a new thing. And with the issues that are going on in Australia, even right now with the whole um, you know, systemic abuse that's happened within the church, um, we felt like, you know, something good to write about because so many people have been, again, victims and survivors of sexual abuse and, and abuse in general. So we think that um, it's not the first time we've written about it, but definitely it's a, a topic that we feel that passionate about, about spreading the word and, and particularly trying to highlight that the perpetrators of sexual abuse aren't the only perpetrators in this. The people that are covering it up and um, you know protecting these individuals are also to blame. Mm -hmm. So uh, we felt like, yeah, there's a a worthy, worthy thing to talk about to hopefully maybe it gives these people, um, you know, survivors some comfort to be able to say, yeah, this has happened to other people as well, uh, but also to raise awareness and, and hopefully some money for charities that support that cause. In terms of uh, sort of the future, like, is there future charities, causes you're interested in supporting? Uh, are there, you mentioned writing a couple of songs that you were focused on. Are there 
songs we should be um, expecting in the in the future? What what's what's happening in the future for you guys? Yeah, so when we laid out the original vision statement uh, in about March April last year, we put a plan in place that by the end of the year we we wanted to have recorded and released two songs and put various milestones um, around the video and numbers and, and you know how many people we wanted to reach with that. And that's gone really well and it's been met with a lot of, um, you know, a very positive reception. So now what we're doing is evaluating how everything went and trying to um, plan out the next six months to year. And we are hoping that um, we've triggered off this iterative approach to uh, releasing songs so that maybe every four months, something like that, we can release a new song. And I think that's a good way uh, to approach it because it's always fresh for us and it suits our lifestyle since some of the guys have families and other commitments. And also I think that's how people are listening to music now as well. They're, they're grabbing their favorite song and putting it on a playlist and then you know the next new thing comes up and they'll, they're sort of into that thing. So um, less so on albums these days. I, I feel like people are listening to just singles. Talk to a bunch of people about... Um sort of different approaches, uh, I think, I can't remember what band it was, but uh, it was through Bandcamp, and they released, they, they, you, you got a subscription, and you released, like, they released, like, a couple of songs over a period of time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that's really, really interesting, because it's, yeah, I think people are really in search of, kind of, a new way, or new ways to do things, and yeah, it's 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 good that you're kind of trying to explore, and especially in a, in a way that's, um, it got that uh, charitable aspect in it as well. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, there's so many tools now that help engage with your fan base. So we're um, relatively new to that because we've been out of the music scene for so long. So we're just discovering what you know would work for us, um, and we're hoping that this iterative approach and maybe we'll look in the future to something like a subscription service. Um, but for now, we're, we're sort of focused on to pretty much release every four months or something like that. I want to move on to Unify and talk a little bit about... Um, it seems really interesting, like the two-day festival. That's it's, um, sort of more stuff you tend to get in like Europe, and it's really exciting to see something like that here locally. Talk a little bit about how it went, um, what your experience was there. Yeah, uh, it was great. It was a great experience because um, Unify were actually our first um, record label, but they were under the, a different name called Boomtown Records. So we've had a, an affiliation with those guys pretty much right from the start. Um, so it was good to go back and see some old friends and um, people that we haven't seen in a very long time. Uh, and the atmosphere there is just everybody's really excited because they're all passionate about heavy music and there are no other heavy music festivals now that um, now that uh, Soundwave has, has shut the door and um, also Big Day Out used to bring out some heavy acts as well. So there's there's nothing like that anymore. Uh, I know a download festival is coming this year, but prior to that, there was a bit of a vacuum. So everybody's really excited. The, the disappointing thing was um, it really poured rain that weekend, so I felt pretty bad about the people camping there. We fortunately didn't have to camp. Um, and the rain held off for our set, so... We were quite lucky, but it didn't seem to phase anybody, um, especially during Architects and Parkway Drive. No one 
no one cared that it was pouring rain. So it was very, it was really fun, and hopefully we get to do it again in the future. What are your thoughts about where we're going in terms of Australian, even more specifically Victorian festivals? Like, was it was it that just a, a slight trough, and then we're going to bounce back, and we might have some festivals uh, coming back? Or what are your yeah. thoughts about that? How to say? Um, again, because we've been out of the scene for a while, it's, I, I don't personally know um, what it's like at the moment, but. Uh, it, it goes in ways, I think, where I think at one point we had, um, you know, Vans Warp Tour and uh, Taste of Chaos and um, a few other heavy sound waves, a few other heavy music festivals, and I think it got a bit saturated, so there was just an over, overkill of um, heavy music, and people had to spread their dollars out and, and couldn't go to all of them. So I think that, that inevitably thins it out, and only a few end up remaining um, but it'll probably go through that cycle again when heavy music starts to be, um, become a bit more popular. And um, yeah, I, I, I can't give you a, a uh, answer that is from a place of real knowledge over this last few years, as I said, because I haven't been in the in the scene so um, recently. So yeah. In terms of sort of just playing a show, um, you know, being on stage. What is it like now? Um, we are sort of, you know, approaching it from a more relaxed perspective, wanting to really sort of separate it from uh, from you know the rest of your lives, as opposed to really earlier in your career where like oh, I was reading crazy stuff like you did 150 shows in a year yeah. and it's yeah it sounds <laughs> really really intense. What, what, what's yeah. that like now as 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 opposed to then? Sure, it's. Um I guess at the very beginning, you're just you're so excited that anyone wants to have you play music um, and come comes to watch you, right? But as you play, do it more and more and more often, it, it becomes routine, and then it becomes um, a bit of a burden. And it sounds odd to people that haven't had to experience it, but um, imagine just having to do the same thing every day, or like you said, 150 days a year and I know some people do that with their occupation but it was literally the, the same thing you'd hop in a van, you'd drive all day, you'd um, set up at a show, you'd play the same songs you'd pack up and you'd um, you'd head off to the next venue and, and do it all again. So it got a bit monotonous but now um, having time off we can really appreciate the, the opportunities that we get and um, obviously looking back um, you have a real appreciation of just how lucky we were to have such great opportunities and, and the bands we sp- supported over the years and the festivals we played and um, the people we met. So now it's, it's, it's much more, as you said, relaxed and appreciative and, and soaking up the moment, um, whereas before it just become, became a bit stale and monotonous. So that's really cool to, to be able to come back and it's not something that we are trying to make the biggest thing Ever or we're not, we don't d- depend on it for our livelihood. So you just get to enjoy it like you did when you weren't playing shows at all. You were just practicing as a kid in, in your bedroom. So it, it rekindled some of that, those feelings. Mm, that's really good to hear. Uh, Behind Crimson Eyes recently released single Say Bad Things. Josh, thank you so much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Likewise.
Thanks for listening to the Moshpit Backstage Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Omni. To find out more about the show, go to www.syn.org.au slash moshpit. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash moshpitonsin and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at moshpitsin. The regular Moshpit radio show broadcasts punk, rock and male tunes and interviews every Thursday nights on Sin 9.7 on FM and digital radios. Listeners outside of Melbourne, Australia can stream Sin 9.7 online at www.syn.org.au. Thanks to Vintage Ruin for the music. Hi, this is Tomato from Flash Gun Apocalypse. Hi, I'm Enid from Girls Go. I am Phoebe Pinnock from Heaven the Axe. Hey, this is Gary Olney of the Misfits. Hey, this is Kat Sproul from Horizon's Edge, and you're listening to The Mosh Pit on Sin FM. Hi, this is Aina from Leopard. Hi, I'm Virginia Lilly from the band Lilly. This is Ron from 1349. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ali from Eberhead. Hey everybody, this is Charlie Benante with Anthrax, and you are listening to the Mosh Pit on Sims.